0: If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of the Limits of Inner Radio Show, OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, our featured guest is going to talk about UFOs and talk about some of the messages, channel messages from these beings, so I'm really excited about that. Before we begin, my father sent me a text message earlier this week. And he said that your show has steadily drifted into politics. You're moving farther away from what you founded the show upon. And some of your listeners may be fine with it, but others are not happy, may not be happy. So first off, Dad, thank you. You're awesome. I appreciate your, your constructive criticism. I want to address that right now and just say that I do not support any political candidates or any political parties. a matter of fact, let me elaborate on that and say that I firmly believe that 99% of the world leaders and elected officials should be burning alive in hell because they are scum. They are total scum, and I don't listen to them. They are not the boss of me, and the sooner all of us turn our back on these sociopathic evil bastards the sooner our world will probably turn around and be wonderful and peaceful. Because I'm sick of these people trying to tell us what we should do. Stay in your house. You can't open your business. You can't do this. And it's like they're all Tony Montana at the end of Scarface when he's doing that pyramid-sized mountain of coke and he's just, like, out of his mind... Drunk with power. And I think that's what these little sociopaths are doing right now. They're just out of their mind, drunk with power. And I'm looking forward to seeing them fall. I'm looking forward to seeing common sense prevail and people standing up to bullies and mass. And I think it's wonderful. And, and I think that the, the economic collapse, the, the big uh, fiat currency collapse, which is, <laughs> has to happen someday, I'm sure it'll happen. I'm not looking forward to it, you know, with all the chaos. But I think that's going to remove those people like a wave, like a tsunami. But uh, getting back to what my father said, I did think a lot about what he said. I mean, I'll just say tell you real quick, my father is so cool. I love him so much. He's just like, you know, he's my best friend in the world. I can honestly say that about my father. I mean, there's no person who has been more supportive of me uh, my entire life than my father. I mean, when I was three years old and going to the bathroom for the first time, he'd be clapping, and saying, come on, do the poop, do the poop. And I did, and I was all excited. So he's been in my corners ever since then. But <laughs> getting back to what he was saying, Has this show drifted away from its roots when we started? I don't think so. I don't think so. I know we did a lot of metaphysical things. We did a lot more shows heavily rooted in metaphysics. But I wanted to always expand and I always wanted to pursue the truth. And I pride the fact that the shows that we do are not, you know, new agey. You listen to a lot of these programs and they all do the same kind of things where they're like, Oh, the earth is, you know vibrating on a certain frequency and it's going into the fifth dimension and the the angels are all around us And you know what first off i don't give a damn about the angels the angels are on my shit list right now because let me ask you what have the angels been doing for us lately huh have they been floating around have they been giving us signs and signals and messages where have they been in the midst of all this coronavirus thing have they been Stopping these sociopathic leaders from imposing tyranny upon people? No, no. But they, but they're there. They want us to know that they're there and they love us. That you know, angels have no more place on my show. Matter of fact, I'm imposing a year long ban on angels. No angels are permitted on my show, on this show. Forget it. But uh, coming back to what I was saying about if the show is moving away from its base, no, I think we're expanding. I just think that we're always having amazing teachers on our show. And we can go anywhere. We're not just limited to the metaphysics. We'll go into all things related to freedom. We'll go into motivation. We'll go into UFOs. We can go all different places. And that's what I love. It's the fact that we take any subject and we'll explore it on the deepest level. So uh, thanks again, Dad, for uh, sending that message and uh, making me not sleep for three days so I can think about that. <laughs> Let us begin tonight's program. It's a great joy to welcome to the program. Richard Lawrence. He's an international best-selling author. He also has a few more titles. Richard, can you please tell our audience where your other titles are?
1: Well, (laughs) well, I'm secretary of the Aetherius Society in Europe, have been for 40 years actually, and I believe we're the oldest UFO contact organization, international uh, one in the world.
0: That is uh, awesome. And learn more about Richard by going to his website at richardlawrence.co.uk. Also, Richard has a new book that's coming out in the U.S. called UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message, a spiritual guide, insight into UFOs and extraterrestrial transmissions. So, Richard, thank you for being with us. I'm really excited to talk to you. I guess...
1: Pleasure. um, Absolute pleasure, Ryan. Thank you. I guess
0: first question I have is... We're seeing around the world right now, at least in the U.S., that the governments are admitting that they're seeing UFOs. Like before, they would say, oh, there's there's no such thing. We can either confirm or deny. Now they're saying, oh, no we've, no, we've been tracking these things. So why are they suddenly deciding to do that right now? I mean, We've had access to social media, to videos for years. Why now? What is the big push for right now? Is there something that they, well, they can't hold back? They're no longer able to? to hold the secret down? Are we being contacted or we are set to be contacted by beings in a mass that will no longer uh, allow the uh, cat to be kept in the bag?
1: I think so. I think that, that will happen. I'm not saying in the immediate future, but what's happened sort of practically speaking is that there's some good footage. It's on my website if people want to look at it from the U.S. Navy, which has been around actually for some of it's been around for over 15 years. I think the first footage was in 2004 it came out in 2007 and then there was some more a couple more in 2015 and many have speculated about this footage and the uh, flight fighter pilots involved in shooting it uh, some of them are absolutely adamant that it's not of this world that they have capabilities the craft that is filmed that nothing in the U.S. inventory or any other inventory or air force has and it's you know I think the, I'm, I'm guessing here that the Pentagon, which has lied about this, and they're not alone, the British have, and many countries have for a long time, uh, thought, well, you know, we can't hold this in. There was a lot of speculation about it, and so they decided after all these years to just come clean to a degree, anyway, come clean, and just say, look, this could be, we don't know what this is, it's genuine footage. Uh, We have no view on the subject at all and sort of wash their hands of it and do it in the middle of a pandemic rather than, say, last year, uh, when they're probably hoping it won't get noticed. But some people have noticed it. And uh, the same is true in Britain. They've done quite a similar thing here. They've sort of come forward and washed their hands of the whole subject instead of denying it, which they used to do. And sort of saying, we just don't know. So they've walked off the field and they've left it virtually to people such as the Ethereum Society and one or two others who have genuine knowledge about UFOs and, more importantly, the beings on them.
0: Well, What can you tell us about uh, some of the beings? Have you ever been in contact with some of these beings by chance? And if so, what have, the, what have they been saying?
1: Well, I was very close to a gentleman called Dr. George King, who founded the society, and I was in regular touch with him pretty well every day for the last 20 years of his life, either with him in America or here in Britain or on the phone. And he was the most remarkable individual. I'm not going to expect any of your listeners to take my word for this at all. I, I would encourage them, if they're interested, to investigate for themselves. And if they do, they'll find the most remarkable person who did receive communications, uh, for f- over 40 years, actually. Uh, he was a master of yoga. Uh, he was uh, picked because of his extraordinary abilities in that field. And, and, and right from the beginning, and the beginning was in 1954, when he had the first contact in London, and then he moved to, to California, where he lived uh, from 1959, really. Um, he did state that there was a spiritual connection with what were then called flying saucers. And this marked him out from some of the other contactees that used to be around. And for a long time, even when I was first campaigning on this in, in, say, the 1980s, for example, there was a big thing in the UFO movement that you're either on the spiritual side or you're on the nuts and bolts side. And the nuts and bolts side used to sort of be more credible to a lot of people. That's changed and some of the things that dr king was saying for example he talked about the invisibility of these intelligences and the uh, the soul of these intelligences uh, and the spirituality of them uh, right from the beginning and that now is is science is kind of catching up with that and people are looking at that and exploring the concept of invisible life through the universe
0: i'm like wondering how these be- how these beings can present themselves and travel so fast and defy all these laws of nature. One you know thing I'm thinking about, I've really been, I have been really trying to communicate with uh, extraterrestrial beings. I really do. I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of Dr. G- uh, Stephen Greer.
1: Yes. But, yes, uh, a bit, yes,
0: he's, he does this meditation and he says, you know, we're all right. part of the universal mind. And it came from the fact that he had, a near-death experience, and we've actually talked to people on our show that have had near-death experiences that have.
1: I noticed uh, that, yes, and they've yes.
0: and they've talked about the idea of a universal mind. So he describes it that particular way in, in a meditation. So his perspective is that you communicate with these beings because they're all part of one universal mind. When you, the people that you've talked with, in your own experience, how is communication established or initiated with extraterrestrial beings?
1: Well, I think it's very interesting that you, you mention that because personally, I don't claim... I've had UFO sightings and I've had very, some very interesting experiences around UFOs, especially when campaigning on them, actually, and they proved to me beyond all doubt. Uh, and let, uh, we should really... <laughs> when we talk about UFOs, the trouble is we're talking about craft and, and it's as though extraterrestrials would come here and just be interested in our vehicles. You know, are they Fords? Are they what? But the, it's about the people on them. And I have no doubt that every step we take towards them, they take two to, to towards us. But what I would say, I have had a number of contacts with people who have, have passed on, and I know you've interviewed a number of mediums uh, over the years on your show, I notice. And the experience, that experience, is interesting because what it shows is that when the physical body dies, the soul uh, the astral body, if you wish to call it out, the aura, if you like, continues, continues to exist. And you can also experience that through, as you say, near-death experiences or even out-of-body experiences, as well as through clairvoyance and psychic contacts. Now, that applies, that concept of different frequencies of matter applies on planets like, I believe, and in the theory side, we believe, Mars, Venus. In other words, planets in this solar system, never mind outside of it, that one, if one could go there physically, one wouldn't necessarily see the life that's there because it could be on a higher frequency, much as people who have died on this earth still exist on a higher frequency.
0: That's really fascinating. So is there any discernible way of telling on a measurable vibrational frequency what will appear to be physical matter and what will appear to be non-physical matter? And where well, I'm going I'm not, with this, this is just real quick, is that we discovered that black holes existed because we didn't, you know, there's a never way we're perceiving a light that I guess didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's measurable. So is there any measurable way of discerning on a vibrational level, what will appear to the human eye based on its vibrational frequency?
1: What a fascinating question. I mean, I've got to say, Thank I'm you. not a scientist, uh, Ryan. Uh, I, I'm interested, in, you know, just as a layman in, in it. And, you know, from my limited understanding, um, it's fully accepted by science now, generally speaking, that the vast majority of the universe is invisible matter, that there's four or five percent of it is actually visible. And likewise with the, uh, the light spectrum, most of it is invisible. And there are many frequencies and radiations uh, beyond that that we can physically detect and see. And I think your question, whether it's measurable, I, th- I think the answer has to be yes. That's, it's got to be measurable. I, I'm sure that to an extraterrestrial intelligence, it can be measured. And uh, there are some what we call transmissions or communications through Dr. King where they are uh, commenting on, the, the sort of the link up between the levels or realms of Earth and so forth and they have a, a full understanding of that. I don't think we've arrived there yet on this Earth. Uh, some sort of ex- some uh, astrophysicists maybe and um, you know theoretical physicists are exploring possibilities and, and some of the scientific community don't appreciate their work I understand but I think we we'll, must get there one day.
0: I hope we do and I wonder if perceiving these vibrations, perceiving these realities, have to come from a biological life form, or if the perceptions can be replicated in machinery. Because if, I'm wondering, yeah. biologically speaking, you're only able to go a certain far. Maybe humans are not capable of perceiving these things, and I'm wondering if robots are limited, have just as limited capabilities as humans do as far as what they can perceive.
1: Well, based on the communications, uh, the transmissions, as we call them, that were delivered through Dr. King in a a, a mediumistic trance, which, as far as my research tells me, is unique. I mean, I've done channeling myself, as I mentioned, from people from this world, and many others have, but his description of the type of mediumship he used is, is unique in my research, completely. Very elevated, extremely precise. But the messages that he received, the teachings, if you like, as we would call them, do tell us that all the answers lie within. So as well as the, you know, the search for a machinery to measure these things, and I, I do believe that will happen one day on Earth, for sure. The journey we are uh, encouraged to take, if you like, is, and I, this may well chime in with your own concepts, um, Ryan, from what I can see anyway, is the journey within that all the answers are there, that within the soul uh, is all knowledge. It's just a question that we have to advance ourselves sufficiently uh, to to tap into it, and then the answers will come.
0: Awesome, and I'd love to come back in a minute about channeling. Could you please talk about your spiritual master, Dr. George King? What made him so significant? Why was he important to you? And how did he open your uh, passion for learning and discovery?
1: Thank you. I'd love to. Um, I've actually had the honor of, of just completing uh, his biography with my colleague, Brian Knieper's secretary in, in, in the American uh, headquarters. And we published it last year. It's called The King Who Came to Earth. Uh, it's quite a, a, a metaphysical text because he was so advanced. Um, so it, I, I have to pre-warn people, it's quite a lot of uh, fairly advanced material in there, although we've quite to awesome. put it as simply as possible. But um, he himself did something which, again, I haven't found uh, in my research anyone else, in the West anyway, did. Uh, And, you know, I stand to be corrected on this. But he, following the Second World War, uh, he took up the practice of yoga in London. And he practiced some of the more advanced aspects of it at a time when it was barely, he said it wasn't very well known, especially uh, in you know in in England, or it was heard of, but it 's extremely unusual for a, a person to take it up nowadays Lots of people do yoga, but they they 're not doing the kind of advanced aspects of yoga for those in the know, things like Kundalini yoga and uh, some of the advanced mantras and so forth and he was practicing these things with specially breathing exercises actually for something like eight hours a day for ten years. And during that period, he was a medium as well uh, for people from this world, on other realms, higher realms. Uh, he was a great healer. And he's developed himself uh, internally. Now, uh, he didn't have his own you know, money. He didn't inherit money or something. He had to work as well. So he did a number of jobs. Um, and he did the you know, driving jobs and other jobs uh, in order to maintain a living. But he was focused, in his 20s and early 30s, on these practices, the type of practices you would expect someone in a in an ashram in India maybe to do, uh, when they you know uh, were, had a begging bowl and and didn't have to look after themselves, and certainly didn't live in a very busy city and dry, have to drive for people in the daytime or whatever. And at the end of it, he attained uh, a level of uh, consciousness known in in yoga as samadhi, in the aphorisms of Patanjali and some of the Sivananda and some of the other yoga, Vivekananda speaks about this, uh, which is a very elevated state of consciousness. And he, he could demonstrate many abilities, but that wasn't his focus. His focus was the quest for knowledge. Now, what he didn't expect uh, was to be contacted by uh, an extraterrestrial intelligence. He was expecting to devote his life to healing and healing others, and especially he was seeking a cure for cancer at that time. So
0: how did he get contacted?
1: And he was contacted uh, audibly uh, in, uh, in, in a part of London where he lived, a Vale it's called, and he heard the voice. Now that's unusual because on the whole it, what, his communications weren't delivered in that manner. Uh, but he then had to prepare himself with certain exercises that came his way so that he could use his somatic consciousness as a trance method. So therefore, when he received a transmission, it would be focused on one of his psychic centers or chakras uh, directly, virtually as a beam of light, or beam of thought, shall we say, and then his brain translated it and then it would be quite audible. He wouldn't remember afterwards what had been said. He'd have to hear it himself. It would be recorded. And he would have to hear it. And that's then when he became, you know, what was extremely controversial in those days, but that didn't stop him. He was a fearless individual. Um, the channel for the Cosmic Masters, as, as, if you like.
0: Well, what were some of the things that they were telling? Like, what did they reach out to him and what were some of the, are
1: they giving warnings about humanity? Or what? What Very much just- so, because... That was a period, of course, when the dangers of atomic experimentation were not known. And he, that's one aspect of what he was talking about. He was talking about the dangers, not just the physical dangers, but if you like, the psychic dangers. You know, he, the idea of different frequencies or octaves, as, as they were often referred to, he talked about with atomic radiation. And he said it could impact not just on the physical, And it was far more dangerous, he said, than people were saying. And he had one or two cases where he came out with, uh, or rather cosmic individuals came out through him and revealed details um, about nuclear releases that were being denied by governments and have since been proved correct. Uh, One of them, for example, was in Russia, and and he revealed the details of, of a Russian accident, atomic accident, and he was the first to reveal details uh, of of an, uh, uh, an accident in a Russian atomic establishment in Russia, uh, which they say now took place in 1957, he revealed it in 1958. Um, and when nobody else had revealed that fact, there was rumours about Russian you know, atomic releases, but not about an accident in a research establishment. And that was confirmed some 18 years later. is now quite well known. I think it's the third biggest nuclear disaster. And so he was he was campaigning against that very actively and was very outspoken on that subject. He was also campaigning on flying saucers, as they were then called. Uh, He conducted a rally in 1958 in central London in a place called Trafalgar Square, demanding the truth from governments. Now, I remember uh, lecturing in the 1980s uh, and saying that governments were lying, which they were, which they've admitted, actually, since some of them. And it was regarded then as very, very controversial to say that governments are lying. And you you were thought of as a bit of a nutter to talk about conspiracies and so on. You wouldn't be today. Government's lying?
0: That's... Jeez, that's like the biggest non conspiracy I can think of. They're always lying.
1: I know. You're showing your age, you see, Ryan. You're younger than me. <laughs> but uh, so to you, it's uh, probably if I said to you, government governments, tell the truth, you'd think I was a bit nutty. But, I, I would know? say, so, hey, w-
0: w- whatever drugs you're doing, I want to get some of that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in 1958, can you imagine? I mean, England was very conservative, you know, with a small sea, and, you know, I'm sure parts of America were too. And to go out as he did and campaign on these things was very controversial but he's been completely vindicated but all the time he stressed the spiritual i mean his main message and it applies now in the pandemic now is to send out as much spiritual energy to the world as you possibly can and that he says through whichever method you choose but that will solve the problems of the world in the end
0: as far as your channeling goes is that something that you have to go into a meditative state for. Do you channel certain beings? You channel extraterrestrials. Like how do you? How do you do do that?
1: Well, I mean, I only mention that I do it just because you know I'm just illustrating that I, along with many others, have done some channeling, and it's something I've sort of written about and it's nothing too special, really. I mean, I, I, in my view, some people think it's, it's very interesting. But it's nothing compared to what Dr. King did. That's really the context I was trying to mention. Okay. Because when I do it, I mean, I don't find it easy to do. Uh, mediums who tell me they find it easy, I don't fully uh, oh, wow. trust. So people just completely
0: takes it takes it out of them. I know people who do it and they yeah. just completely drain. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: is- and I, I find, you know, in my case, I don't go into trance. I sort of have to focus very hard uh, to focus on the words that are being delivered, sometimes just the letters of the word. I don't try not to think about their meaning at all and uh, you know, just, just get it as purely as I possibly can. And I practiced a lot and I got a lot of help and encouragement from Dr. King. But it's a very lowly form of mediumship compared to his where he raised the kundalini knowingly to a particular psychic center and had complete control over the uh, beams of thought that were being relayed to him. And then those, as I mentioned earlier, were sort of translated through his brain. Had he been German, for example, the transmissions would have been, uh, been delivered in German, because it was, his, it was coming through pure thought through his brain. And that's, uh, as I mentioned earlier, even you know, the greats like Alice Bailey and others didn't describe... A state like that, in the way that he did. Well,
0: you know, I uh, I want to bring two things to your attention. One of them is one of the reasons why I'm really trying to reach out, make a connection with uh, extraterrestrial beings, peaceful ones, for that matter. Yes, is because I feel that humanity is under a tremendous assault. Like there's a psychopath. I think he's a psychopath, and his name is Bill Gates. And I think he's just the creepiest guy that ever existed cuz they want to do this thing where they want to get everyone vaccinated they're like everyone needs to get vaccinated and i think that they're trying to modify human dna like they want to they want to transform us and twist us around and make us and i just don't like it cuz i don't want to mess with like i i like things the way they are and i right. don't want some creepy guy that wants to put a vaccine and what i'm really concerned about is i'm concerned that if humanity falls into this, if humanity becomes entrapped, becomes under the forever boot of these tyrants, that we're never gonna reach our full potential. Like even though, I don't know, I don't have a lot of faith in humanity. I think that there are a lot of like twisted, dopey people on this planet. I think that there are times where we could reach a point of being a peaceful world and having interactions with all these other civilizations because- I agree, I agree with that we that we could yeah so i I do want to make that connection. I want to make the connection with these beings okay. and I want to connect with them and I want to say, hey, look, a lot of people on the planet they may not know what's going on, but you know, why don't why don't you connect with some of the the us? We don't want the power. we just want to pro- project that energy out. I know and I want to be a mirror for that energy that that peaceful energy. so a all I'm right.
1: Asking. Well, let me, let me come in then on that, if I okay. may, because I can't, I can't comment on what you said about Bill Gates because I, I don't have knowledge of that at all. But what I can say is some very good news, which is that there is a spacecraft uh, in orbit of Earth, uh, we believe, in the society. And it's one that you can virtually test this. Um, it's not here to be sighted. Many are sighted. Thousands of sightings take place. Uh, with, with film coverage and radar tracking and all the rest of it, and some encounters take place. But this craft is here to do exactly what you say, to beam spiritual energy to the world. Now, in the Ethereum Society, we are, during this pandemic, uh, somewhere in the world, every day, we're putting on an online service or event, uh, no charge whatsoever. People can come to our website, aetherius.org, and and they'll see the upcoming services which are being conducted from various parts of the world, but they're online at different times, and they can join in with it. And I think if they do so, while satellite number three is in orbit particularly, not just then, but particularly, and it's in orbit until May the 23rd, this spacecraft I mentioned, they will be able, I believe, I'm not making a guarantee because it depends on individuals, but with practice, over time, You can feel the energy that you transmit through you and it's going out and it's going to raise the consciousness of the world. I mean, these are the days really for to to become more active in the ancient times. The spiritual aspirant was sort of more encouraged to meditate and go off into retreat and that would impact on the world. They'd light a light and that would spread uh, through the world. But that's much more indirect at this time. We believe it's direct action that's required. And the best action, or one of them, is to send out spiritual energy uh, through you, and everyone can do it. And you can try it; it's completely safe. So I invite people, if they want to, to try one of our online services, uh, which are for the betterment of the world. And I want to remind everyone: website
0: is richardlawrence.co.uk. Richard, I also want to bring your attention that if there are any beings. Physical, non-physical, that hanging around, that want to come in and join us, they're more than welcome to. That's why I always uh, say that uh, platforms for freedom, out of of truth, is all about freedom, all about uh, trying to get information out there. So that's why, like, I've talked to some people before, and there was being hanging around, they, they they came on our show for a little while. So if you ever get an intuition throughout the rest of the interview that of being that wants to come, hang on, they're more than welcome to stop by. Plenty of questions to ask them, I want to ask them. OK, if, if they okay. Uh, if human beings are perceived to be ugly, because sometimes we look at UFOs and we look at extraterrestrials we're like, oh, my God, that is such a
1: creepy being. And I'm sure they look, look at us and go, oh, my God,
0: what what is going on? Was, was God drunk? when he Well, made that's those an humans? interesting
1: point. Yeah, I, I agree with you, because I think there's also, I have to say, disinformation uh, uh, out there, too. And while Dr. King certainly never claimed to be the only genuine contactee, he did advise people to discriminate, discriminate with him as well. Um, As I said earlier, don't take his word for it. I think if you look at the material over that over 40 years that was channeled through him, you can judge it and you can see either it came, as he said it did, from other worlds, or it came from him. It's one or the other, and either way, it's outstanding. Uh, But you can form your own opinion. But, as you rightly say, there's a lot of creepy stuff out there as well. I think that's deliberate, I'm afraid. I think that's an attempt to sort of discolor the movement by very much intelligences from this earth uh, and cause confusion and and put people off. And there are people who aren't genuine making these claims. They're not necessarily deliberately lying. They might believe it themselves. They might have been duped by a, an entity that really isn't from another world. And That goes on, I'm afraid. So that's why it's very important. And if you're not sure then just keep an open mind, but you will get the answer. That's the good news. If you really do search and you, you have faith in your own intuition and your own logic, actually, so just practical common sense is a great virtue, I think. You uh, will be able it. to... I have no common sense. I'm done. Forget it. Yeah. None. I don't You've have got
0: it. no common sense, to no, you Zero. Sir? Absolutely. No, none. Oh, I, I, none. I can't believe that, Ryan. You zero. I, my, wife, my wife will tell you, she's like, you, I think that you can walk through objects... That you think you're invisible, you think you're because I keep. I, I generally walk into things on a regular basis. It's like, look, you're not a ghost, not a ghost yet.
1: So yes, but you've got the common sense to do what you're doing with this show. I, and a lot of people don't. You know, it, it's all relative, is it not?
0: Well, I, I guess so. It's because it's because I, I have a big gut, and I guess that's part of my in, increasing gut feelings. <laughs> you know, one thing I'm curious about uh, is that uh, we always hear this thing. Uh, multiple messages from people who in contact with aliens or UFOs. They're like, oh, you know, well, if humanity doesn't, you know, shape up and turn around, uh, things are not going to be looking too good. If humanity uh, doesn't stop us setting off nuclear yeah. bombs, I'm thinking to myself, like, you know what, it's not humanity. It's like 1% of 1% of the population that is causing all this chaos, that are psychopaths that want to kill everyone. I think most people on Earth don't want to set off nuclear bombs, I think most people on Earth generally want to remain peaceful. It's this this tiny little pimple on the, you know, and I just don't understand, like, why do these beings keep on sending this message, like, did they not have the foresight to understand that we are being held hostage by a small percentage of the population? is there any way that they would ever consider, I don't know, offering some help, giving us some inspiration, giving us some, you know, you know a little bit of a boost so we can well, figure the this messages,
1: on they, but Yeah, I mean, the messages that they've delivered are extremely encouraging. And, and I would, for example, the Master Ethereus, as, as he's called, who made the first contact, after whom we're named, is a, a tremendously encouraging and uplifting communicator. And the messages they give, they've, they've said very clearly, are given not to, uh, you know, pr- necessarily to the VIP community, so-called, and the prominent people of this world. I mean, uh, you know, presidents of, well, the president of, uh, of America and the prime minister of Britain have both, based on statements they've made, uh, suggested that they don't understand UFOs at all. Uh, although I must say the president of America seemed more open-minded to it. But he, he, if you can believe what's said, they don't know. But so it's to the ordinary people that they speak. And that's the whole idea. And the ordinary people, unfortunately, on this earth ha- can be rather apathetic and, and not take action. And they're urging them to take action. Now, that's one upside, I think, of this current pandemic is a lot of people are doing a lot of things for other people that they weren't really doing before it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very aware where I live of neighbors helping neighbors, offers being made. I've had an offer made to me by a neighbor today to help with this, that was shopping or what That's have awesome. you. I must look old, Ryan. I don't know. <laughs> but. You, know, there's, you there's got a lot of energy. I would be, never. No, you're young. You're like you in <laughs> But there's a, you know, and luckily I didn't need it. But it, it, there is this spirit about. And another friend of mine said that their neighbours mowing their lawn every day now for them, and all sorts of you know, those may be small things. There are bigger things happening. People have. I think 750,000 people in Britain have volunteered to help our our national health service uh, to 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 help delivering to people, and to collecting people for appointments, and, to, you know, there's all. I'm sure it's happening in America and other parts of the world, and it's a shame that it comes to a crisis or it comes to a war, or it comes to a disaster, for people to really rise up, because we are told, in, I mean, the, one of the communications, that are communicators, I should say, through Dr. King, was from the planet Jupiter, and those communications are so encouraging, and they are telling us to rise up what are they we saying? can make a difference. We can make an enormous difference. Well, how, just, how do we do it? I mean,
0: here is well, here's I one asking, thing. They've got all the weapons. They and they're using the, the, the sociopaths. They've got all the all the, a lot of channels to uh, manipulate people. I'll give you an example. Like most people I know are terrified. They are walking around in fear. They're getting tired of it, which I think is positive, and they're getting angry, which is, I'd say, more positive yeah. because seeing more people about that. But I think that the the powers that shouldn't be, they they really have humanity in that fear. A frequency right now, and that, I think it's incredible that they were able to pull off so many people that so many people now in the future are going to consider going, walking around through life doing social distancing forever, and I think that's such an affront to what it means to be human. you got to hug. you got to kiss. you you got to be there around people. You can't just be walking around six feet away from each other because you're afraid to, to die. Like, what's the point of living like that?
1: <laughs> well, again, you know, I, I must admit I am social distancing at the moment, but <laughs> not, not, not social distancing energy-wise. I mean, and the beauty of spiritual energy can be transmitted over distance. You can send spiritual energy in, in a fraction of, uh, of, of time to the other side of the world. Uh, it's the speed of thought. Not, it's way above the speed of light. And, you know, one can radiate this power and everyone can do it. And then the great thing is when you do it, you also raise yourself. It's a sort of, it's the opposite to a vicious circle. You're helping others, you're serving, and that's the great thing nowadays to serve. And there's, you know, many ways to do it. But if you serve in spiritual ways, you'll also serve yourself because you'll raise your own spiritual level and you'll rise above the fears and the panics and the things like that you'll be focused so intently on, on helping others that you, you, you won't be so uh, focused on, you know, the, the dreadful situation you're in. Uh, and uh, life can improve for you too.
0: Um, that's awesome. It's very encouraging. When it comes to experiencing feelings of fear, of love, and of joy, I really try to ask myself, I was wondering if you might be able to elaborate on this, but what is the difference between experiencing a feeling or emotion based on what your body is responding to as a human you have a certain set of emotions and yeah. what is the difference between that and ex- being coming one with your spirit i mean what is mm-hmm. the difference between experiencing joy because your body is feeling good or experiencing joy because you've become one with your spirit what is the difference between having feeling sad because you're in fear And what is the difference because you're in the body? And what is the difference between having a a great sadness because you've connected with your spirit and you have a greater empathy for another person? So that's Mm -hmm. what I'm really trying to figure out. Like, how do you know when you are experiencing something because of your body sensation Mm. compared to having an experience because you are developing a certain connection or having an influx of energy from your etheric spirit?
1: That's a wonderful question. I must say, I don't normally. I do a lot of radio shows and I don't get asked such a deep question very often i must admit but uh let let me say that you know what you're there talking about is the evolution of the soul and so the emotions that one experiences take place on different levels as we progress spiritually so a more someone who's advancing they're advancing uh it's not a competition but they're advancing because they're serving and because they're helping others, and because they're performing spiritual practices of one kind or another, that will bring about an advancement. And so then you will still experience, as you rightly say, uh, elevated experiences and not elevated, but your reasons will be very, very different, because they'll be less selfish. I think that's the key point. You're becoming more selfless. So the person that you're talking about, who is sad because they're despondent because of others is a selfless, it's a selfless thing. The person who's sad because of their own predicament, it's a more selfish thing. They're both forms of sadness. And the first case is a a more advanced one. But as you advance also, you should develop, and especially if you perform the spiritual practices. I mean, I wrote a book with Dr. King. It was the last book that he wrote, actually, uh, before his, his, uh, well, it wasn't a demise, because he's still very much with us, before his physical body's passed on, let's put it that way. Um, was called, is called Realize Your Inner Potential. And there's, there's, there's some absolutely wonderful practices in there. I can say that because they were all brought by or through Dr. King or their ancient practices that he's tried and tested himself. And they really do work. And if you do those, you will not only will you have more elevated experiences, not only will you become, if you choose to, uh, more psychically aware, uh, a better healing channel and so forth, but you'll also get more control over it. So although you might have these different feelings, you'll be able to experience a certain stillness, and this will bring a certain control. And just to finish that, I would absolutely echo your concept of oneness with the spirit, because that really is the religion, if you like, of the beings from other worlds. I mean, it was a very, very early communication um, through Dr. King. In fact, in I believe this was the first communication he received in front of a public audience from the Master Etherius in London in January 1955. And the Master Etherius said, I will say a word about religion. It is simplicity. We believe in one God. All is one. Although one part may disturb another part, and the resultant disturbance causes an appearance of dis- disunity. So that's another key thing. That was an exact quote, by the way. I, you know that which is in my book. Some transmissions are in the book. UFOs and the extraterrestrial message, and they're wonderful indeed. But you will, you know, that that's the difference as well between the two kinds of emotion that you talked about. Are one is more real than the other. One is more of an appearance. And as you evolve, you get closer and closer to that reality. And when, and I don't claim to have done this myself. But when one reaches the final reality, one reaches unchangeability. You have complete stillness, uh, uh, and then you, you know, you're not subject to these changing emotions.
0: Awesome. Thank you for your answer. And well,
1: you ever- it's an, uh, I'm pl- really on, an honor to give the answer, because very rarely would you get asked that on a radio interview, I must oh. say. And I've done thousands of radio interviews, Ryan.
0: Oh, awesome. Thank you. Have you ever come in contact with the Archerians by chance or heard about them because here's something, I keep on, uh, one of my friends, she's she's like, she keeps on telling me she's like, "Oh, you have a connection with the Archarians." I'm like, "Okay, I don't know who these beings are. Apparently, they're blue, and my favorite color is blue. So I, I, I don't know, it's a coincidence or whatever. <laughs> but every time I try yeah. to look about the Archarians, I find people that are, are, I guess, they're quote unquote channeling them, and I, I don't know, they're, they're saying stuff that I just don't, I don't believe it, or it just doesn't resonate with it. But apparently, these beings are out there, and I'm trying to connect with them. I keep on uh, reaching out to them, saying, "Hey, uh, Mister Archarians, what's going on there?" and I don't know if I'm getting communication. I, I just don't understand why. Is there any particular reason why you think uh, certain people would not be, uh, you know, candidates for communication? Do some beings look at you and say, you know, uh, sorry, you are grossly uh, not good looking, and we will not contact you. Sorry, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you have a very distinctive funky smell. We can't communicate with you. Sorry, we know your web browsing history. We can't we can't establish communication. You bad PR for us. I'm just. So I guess is a two well, let, question about the, the, uh, the other ones.
1: The, yeah. Sorry, I have to interrupt you there. But the, the basic concept of mediumship and communication uh, of all forms through a medium, channeling, if you like, is rapport. And there has to be a rapport at the moment of the communication between the medium, if you like, and the communicator. That means that the medium has to have raised their consciousness to a level where they can be in rapport. At the moment, while the communication is taking place, so this is why Dr. King was selected, because I mentioned his yoga training, his, his if you like his discipline over that 10-year period, a disciplined, celibate, focused life, uh, completely dedicated to spiritual advancement. As I, as I say, which I haven't found anyone's even claimed that I know of in the West to have done. And because of this, and he was a very stable person uh, and a very balanced person, uh, he was, could be used because he could then raise his consciousness through samadhi to a level which is in rapport at that moment with the communicator. Now, I don't think most people can do that. They may think they can, uh, but I just don't think they can. I also believe that the interplanetary intelligences who have the most interest in us, are those within this solar system. And that's quite understandable, really, because after all, we have the the, the closest connection with them. We're, if you like, and they would say, we're part of the same family. We come on and from and under the same sun uh, as they do. And so I'm not ruling out communications from distant uh, constellations and so on. I know people claim it. I think what the easiest and simplest thing to do is look at two things. One, the content. You know, I don't believe that uh, the the message would be given unless it was really worth giving. Uh, It wouldn't be just a puerile message. It wouldn't be an incomprehensible message, because some that I've seen have been incomprehensible. They wouldn't do that. There's no point in that. They wouldn't spend their energy and time doing that. So judge the, mes- the message and also look at the person who's making the communication. They might be a nice person, indeed, a sincere person who really believes it. But are they really a person who has demonstrated the abilities necessary uh, to, 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 to bring that communication? And I, you know, this is why I mentioned that I do channeling, because I know that I can't get anywhere near the level that Dr. King got to. Uh, and, you know, I wouldn't claim to why why
0: wouldn't you, uh, you be able to why wouldn't you be able to get to? well that at the moment because
1: okay. i i haven't i didn't i haven't uh, advanced i haven't performed the practice he performed in his prime and also because i actually believe he he, he actually and this is controversial but i actually believe he came from another world although he didn't go around claiming that himself uh, i i do believe certain people have lived on this earth who weren't from this world, who, who were born, and some of the great spiritual figures of history, not all of them, but some of them were, were I believe, interplanetary intelligences, and I'm talking about intelligences like Jesus, Krishna, Buddha and others. There, there's a, a showstopper. Yeah, no, it's great.:
0: uh, it's, <laughs> uh, Mr. Richard Lawrence, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. again. Richard is an international best-selling author. One of his latest books was UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message: of Spiritual Insight into UFOs and comic trans, Cosmic Transmissions. You a, lot. But a lot of wonderful insight. We can learn more about Richard by going to his website at richardlawrence.co.uk. On there, you're going to find a lot of great things. You're going to see a lot of media, videos, channeling things, blogs, a lot of great links as well. Uh, Richard, really enjoyed having you with us. Thank you so
1: much. Thank you, Ryan. Very much indeed.
0: Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition on the Outer of Limits of Inner Truth radio show. Special thanks to our phenomenal guest, Richard Lawrence. And special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Constance Dallas, and Ms. Lisa McGarrity. To learn more about the Outer of Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outoflimitsradio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care, and thank you so much for listening.